Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Conversations. When you think of a leader, any leader, what image comes to your mind? From JFK to Obama to Steve Jobs, we all think of them as orators, great speakers. That's the image that we have. But today's guest says a great leader is somebody who listens. That is a contrarian view. Let's find out more. Hi, Ian. Welcome to the conversation. Hi, Joseph. Good to be here. Let's start with this, Ian. You come from a finance background. You would be dealing with numbers and spreadsheet. How did you move to listening? What was the trigger point? Yeah, so my, my journey or the start of my journey was very much maths orientated, um, right through education, right to university. And then I would say I fell into finance or fell into being an accountant. Um, some people have a different route where they have a, a goal and a desire to be an accountant. I kind of fell into that world. As that time progressed, I stepped up into roles where I started managing people, partnering more uh, with regards to building relationships, influencing, um, being much more at the forefront of decisions and those interactions in terms of where the business might progress. And a big part of that was communication, understanding people, um, and listening to people. Now, I would say at that moment in time, listening was very much a peripheral thing. It wasn't something I had that much thought about. It was there as another skill to add into the toolbox. Yes, it'd be good to get a bit better at listening, but it wasn't at the forefront. It wasn't prominent in any way. And I would say like lots of people, I thought I was a better listener than I was. <laughs> I overestimated how well I listened. And I think that does apply to quite a few of us. Um, so that, that's the kind of the backdrop. And I was in that finance world for over 15 years. Um, it wasn't until mm -hmm. I left and about four years ago, I joined an organization, a charity uh, in the UK called Samaritans. So just a very brief recap of Samaritans. They are an, an emotional support charity. Um, their vision is that fewer people die by suicide. So they provide emotional support at the very kind of tough end um, in terms of what people might be going through, either via phone call, email, online chat, sometimes in person as well, but also emotional support right across the spectrum, right down to if people are feeling lonely, uh, if they're known to talk to, if they're just going through a, a, a tricky patch, a tough patch, they've got someone there to, to rig and speak to who will be there to listen. So I joined, mm -hmm. I joined the organization as a listening volunteer. I trained to be a listener. Uh, and interestingly, the training was better than any corporate training I'd ever had. It was as thorough and as comprehensive as, as you can imagine. So that was the grounding. That was my first introduction to listening at a very deep level. And over the course of um, weeks, years, well, yeah, now it's up to four years, I've just continually been there each week in terms of taking those calls and listening to, to people who might be struggling. But in that environment, Joseph, it's quite unique in the sense that as a volunteer, we're there to just do one thing. So we're not there to solve anything. We're not there to advise, uh, tell people what to do, um, get to an outcome. Um, in rush anything so we can be down a call for five minutes it could be an hour and a half we're there to meet the caller's needs 
there's nothing about us in terms of the process so we are not there to give opinions be there in any any manner or status or job title it's just there as a listening volunteer and because we're there to do one job it allows us to get in almost a listening state to just be there for that person for however long they might need so it's quite unique so it's it's, it's almost like a luxury to listen to be able to um, have someone explore craft their story um, just basically take you where they want to go and sometimes that could be one small part of a much bigger journey for them in terms of where they, where they are with things. So as I was doing that over the years, I started to notice things that I wasn't expecting as part of this, how I'm starting to see people differently, the power of those moments in terms of really being with that person, just purely listening. There's a foundation there, there's something there. What does that mean for the rest of the world? What does that mean for the workplace in terms of how I show up there, family, friends, What's my defaults? What am I going in with as opposed to what am I trying to understand? And then looking back to that old world of finance, those interactions, particularly where communication was much more needed, where understanding was needed, where those, those listening and tuning in and, and being in a place where you could really see what other people were seeing and using that as a foundation of great leadership. Um, and kind of realizing I missed a lot, realizing I was low on awareness, ego was an issue, things that I just didn't see at the time. Now I've got a completely fresh light and context because of this listing route I'd gone down. And that's kind of where in the last few years I've, I've, I've gone further on that in terms of now that being a core part of what I offer and how I can help people. So that's uh, brings us to today pretty much. Ian, thank you for sharing your uh, backstory. One of the things that you mentioned is in that role that you played as a volunteer, you were not there to sell anything. You were not there to give your opinion. You were there to listen. But when it comes to the organization role, when it comes to corporate world, what is listening? Because I have something to sell. I have something to tell you in a, in a corporate world, whether I'm a manager, whether I'm a sales guy, in the end, uh, as a business unit head, in any of this form, I have something to share with you. So in that particular uh, set up what is listening what's the foundation of listening and how can I get started yeah so for me there's three core areas in terms of foundation that are the basis across different contexts but what I'll do is I'll try and break down the, the, the context that I mentioned for me I'm just listening standpoint to the workplace and a lot more going on a lot more in the mix in terms of what I might need to bring of myself those, those three foundations, one, full commitment. So mm -hmm. in the moment, full presence, attention, not being dragged into where I've just been, not being pulled into where I'm about to go mentally, in the moment with that person at that time, fully engrossed, curious, wanting to understand, wanting to see where that particular conversation might go. And part of that might be your own interaction, what you need to bring as well. So that's the first one. The second one, it's about them, not us. So hmm. that can range from the, the more obvious where it might be, um, here's my solution and I'm interjecting and telling you what needs to happen or telling you this is the way to do something. Um, but within it, a whole range. So it might be um, directing somebody down a certain route because of patterns we've 
experienced before, how we see the world, how our experiences have been shaped and our framing on life means our perspective is one thing and we can inadvertently lead people a certain way by the way that's coming to the fore. And that can be very subtle, can be things we're not necessarily aware of. And then things like judgments, you know, where we make a judgment on someone because of what we may have done in the situation could be different. Um, mm. and, and, and very subtle things as well, just little things we might be attached to that could be in the conversation again in terms of not us realizing that we're there and we need to get something out of it or we need to defend a certain stance because we're quite attached to something. So that's the kind of second one at play. And then the third one is less is more. So a lot of the time when it comes to listening, it's that we think there's a, a body of things we need to throw at somebody or to deploy or to do um, skills, tools, all these things where we kind of think we need to work very hard to, to find a way through or find some breakthrough. There are tools, there are skills, there are things that are going to help us as part of that conversation. But a lot of the time, the foundation is actually pulled back on a lot of that stuff. Pull back and kind of, okay, be with the person, be with the moment, understand what's going on. Uh, and just just start from that base where, where a lot of the time we're trying to do too much. And let's pull back a bit and then see what we need to bring in. So those are the three foundations. But back to your kind of central point, a very much different context. Take the one about being committed and, and, and present and being there. A lot of the time it might be you've just come from another meeting, pretty intense one maybe. Uh, you might be thinking about where you're going next. You might be mindful that you're in a room where you want to get um, three or four voices. So you're thinking, okay, who do I turn to next? I might drift away from that conversation with the person in front of me. So there's all that going on. Then when it comes to it's about them, not us, well, the reality is a lot of the time we don't have this open road to allow someone to explore everything because we need to be mm. part of the conversation. Like you're saying, we need to be an active player. And a lot of the time, the, the, the scenarios are back and forth. We're listening for a bit, then we're contributing for a bit. We're talking for a bit. We want them to listen for a bit. So we're moving in and out of a lot of things. We've got different people at play. We've got meetings. We've got a whole raft of stuff where it is not easy or it's actually impossible to be kind of pretending we're some blank slate and just there to listen because we're not. We've got other things to do. But the foundation still holds. And although we are then shifting and out of listening world and, and offering our advice and our, our opinions or, or interjecting ourselves or being more part of the, of the two-way kind of setup, again, the way I look at this is to think, okay, where might we be naturally starting from? Are we quick to jump in and, and move to, to solving mode? Are we, are we quick to, to stick up the defenses and think, okay, this person's presenting an idea Am I going to go back and just start debating now in terms of, well, no, my idea is better. I'm going to convince you as opposed to maybe our first protocol is thinking, right, not quite getting it, but I want to understand. I want to see part of your world. I want to see what's going on there as to why you've got to that particular position. And then maybe I've got a counter. Maybe I've got a alternative view on this, but it's coming from a, a place of curiosity and then finding the way through. So I'm not as attached to a view, for example, like I'm, I'm open to hearing other views. And then finally, that other point around kind of that less is more. Again, it's there are skills we want to deploy. There are things we want to do in circumstances that might speed things up or get things done. But again, it's just thinking from that that principle of what what, what might we naturally go into 
uh, we might naturally start trying to do a few too many things and it becomes a lot of noise, a lot of stuff going on with the best of intentions to try and help. Um, so again, I look at this more of a, let's look at those three foundations across different settings, but then let's realize that when we're in some of those settings and there's a lot more mixed things going on, we've got a starting point. We've got something we're mindful of where we're going to be pulling back on a few things, but we recognize actually it's, it's trickier. It's more of a challenge. There's more going on, but we can use those foundations as a good starting point. Thanks again. You rightly said in corporate, there are a lot of things that are going on on any given day. If you are a leader in any kind of a leader, even if you are a manager of 10 people, small team, there is still a lot of things that are going on. Clients are going to ask you something. Your management is going to ask you something. Your team members are coming up with issues that are happening. Given all of this, how do I listen effectively? What are the kinds of tools that I can deploy? So that even amidst all of these things, I can listen effectively. Yes. Yeah, so there's, there's quite a lot. And if anyone goes searching for active listening tips or, or, or skills or stuff, um, you probably get a long list of maybe 10, 15. So I won't go through all of them, but there's, there's a few that, that are worth highlighting. And also the, the, the great thing about listening as well is that we're honing it on an area that is not new. We're not trying to learn something complex to try and create. We're not trying to um, understand some big theory. A lot of the things we talk about today and a lot of things I'll share in a second are simple things that we will likely be doing a lot of already. And some of the tools mm. are useful to just sometimes step back and think, okay, what's going on? How am I in a certain situation use some of this or be more mindful of where I could um, deploy a certain, a certain skill or be picking up on things that allow me to progress a conversation in a certain area. The first one I'd say is open questions. So asking, being that, that, that mindset of how can this be explored? How can I, I, I mean, mm. if sometimes for me, I've got a question that's got one or, one or two answers, usually yes or no, or I'm, I'm directing someone down a certain a path. Keeping things open, asking what questions, how type questions, even things like tell me more about type um, phrases to just allow them to expand. So again, very simple things, but just be mindful in, in certain situations. Do I default to just going down a yes or no question without, you know, not through a bad way, but just that's maybe what I normally do. Can I just look at thinking how do I keep this more open? That's one, another really useful one, and this is really, really useful in meeting situations as well, is having checking points, having moments where uh, you can step back and, and, and summarize. So summarize what you think you've heard. Um, in a one-to-one, -one, it's, it's much easier because you're listening to one person, but taking that time to think, okay, this sounds like what's going on is this. This is what I'm picking up. Actually playing that back one is brilliant for clearing up assumptions. Two also um, just allows them to feel, well, to feel heard, that someone's actually been able to articulate a lot of what I play back there and they're pretty close. They're in, they're, they're in it here, they get it, they're in tune, they're in the moment, they're actually being paying attention, which is surprisingly rare. Um, but it, but it allows, they're feeling heard. It's like, okay, that person's playing that back. And there might be a few things to clear up, 
some assumptions there, but it's a really strong point to do that. And back to that point around meetings, if you're, you know, six or seven in a meeting, sometimes more, can you play a role where you're stepping back? Some of the some of the best leaders in, in those situations might say nothing for a long period of time and then say something very impactful and people think, well, that was pretty good. How have they, they arrived at that? And a lot of the time, they'll be surveying the room, picking up things that you aren't picking up, noticing things that you aren't noticing because usually, and I definitely put myself in this, we're wrapped up in our own world. We want to contribute and impact things and share our knowledge, let people know what we know. All these things where it's kind of me, I'm bringing that to the fore. Maybe you can play a different role. Maybe you can start getting to the, okay, let's step back a bit. Let's understand what's going on. Let's summarize two or three voices in the room. Let's give the, the room a feel of what's, what's happening here. And again, that might lead to some assumptions to clarify, which is, which is great, but it's, it's a really useful way to, to reframe some of those settings. And look, not a lot of the time that might not be the thing to do because you may need to be there to be contributing or you may need to be giving your opinion on a particular piece of work. So think about things where that, that can be something you can step back a bit and, and do that. And the third one, and like I said, there's there's plenty more out there, but I'll just keep it in terms of a few here. The third one that, that I think is really powerful is is reflecting. So basically using the information that's out there, using the words that have been said as a wave, as a source for questions. What do you mean by mm. this? Um, sometimes just playing the phrase back without even asking a question just to encourage them to expand a bit. It can be really useful for the fact you're picking up on words someone's chosen, sometimes without them really knowing that they've chosen that, but that word means something to them. And actually spotting that saying, okay, what's going on there for you mm. with that particular phrase, with that thing you've said, that could mean something completely different to somebody else, but I want to understand what it means to you. And actually it can be a very good way of, of building some rapport there and then thinking, right, I'm always giving myself permission now to go a level deeper or to, to give you more detail because, again, back to that part around that full commitment, you're tuned in, you're paying attention, you're picking up on things, and then being able to play that back allows them to continue and expand a bit and maybe delve a bit deeper on, on things. Okay. Uh, Ian, one of the things that happens is, as we grow up, the confidence is shown in talking. If I am silently listening for a while or for a long while, people might think I'm not courageous. I'm, I'm on the receiving side of it. I'm, I'm passive in that particular context. How can I listen? How do I play that dual role while listening, but I'm also assertive in the opinion that I'm uh, expressing? How do I do that? Easy to say on this particular first point, don't worry too much about what other people might think. <laughs> But that's easy, easy said than done. So the way you, the way you kind of framed it in terms of what some of those thoughts might be if you're sat there quiet. I think I'll be honest with yourself in terms of what you're actually doing. So if you're listening and you're listening there to, to understand what's going on, to appreciate the voice in the room like we just said, to see this as a extremely important, valuable part of the process to allow me mm. to be better prepared or better informed for whatever it is I may want to contribute to the group. And I never see it as one or the other. 
I just see it as a, a, a mm. such a critical part of any leader's role or any person's role in terms of where that fits into everything else that's going on. And at the end of the day, as a leader, you have to make some tough calls to get to where you want to get to. You're going to have to show up and be very confident and understand what you're talking about. Um, but also be open to learning more, be open to going a different way, not being attached to what you might think is the route, but actually bringing other voices in. Whatever you then collectively end up with is, okay, this is the best decision for the group or the team or the business. And I'm confident in the process we've gone through to, to get there. So the, 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 both at play in terms of that deep listening, that focus, that attention, but also not losing the assertive side, tough decisions, big calls, prepared to be the voice in the room that maybe asks something that nobody else is willing to ask. And actually that's tough, you know, standing up and saying what needs to be said. And a big part of that is you're saying it because you're hearing what's going on and you're responding to that mm. and you're playing that back. And that's, that's a big part of the listening plays a core role there to, to get that context. And you're playing a role saying, look, I'm confident to call this out and say it and bring this to the room. Nobody else is doing that and wouldn't do that. So it's, 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 a, it's a strong fundamental part of, of what we bring. And it's not, it's not passive. It's not kind of weak. Okay. So one of the related point to that is what's the role of listening in a tough conversation? So it could be a escalation in the client project that we had some other disagreements that are happening. The disagreement could be on the fundamentals itself or the, the, let's say for example, the CEO is launching an initiative. I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. So the fundamental part itself, I don't agree, or it could be the methodology in which that we should go about that particular strategy or uh, that particular initiative. I don't agree. So in those tough conversations, what's the role of listening? One thing I would say to, to start with is if you're in that environment or in that scenario where it could be quite heated or things have bubbled up, one thing I'd always ask is, is this the right point to continue this particular conversation or are we better place to step back and come back to it? Mm. Recognizing whether you're in debate mode or frustrated mode or things just feel a bit too heated it's a bit too emotional it's a bit too raw a bit too live now that might not always be possible you might have to be solved something there and then you might need to kind of thresh things out in the moment but if you can do think okay is it better that we both come back around and, and take a breather and, and maybe we're both in a better place to be able to continue the conversation let's say you are though let's say that's that does seem pretty heated in the moment you've got to maybe find a way through it's not e not easy <laughs> to start with but I, I would say to to try and break break it back a bit and pull back a bit and not worry too much about outcome and trying to get mm -hmm. somewhere more look at okay I'm not understanding I'm, I'm, I'm use this as a signal to try and build some understanding that might mean that you're having to part your ego a bit in the sense of what I think should be happening, what I think we need to get to here. I'm parking that as, a, as, a, as an irrelevance this time. I'm not in that mode. I actually just want to understand how are you coming into this position? What are you seeing that I might not be seeing? 
not to try and decide where we go, just to try and break this back down and, and get back to, I want to understand. I'm curious to know what, what's going on within you. That might, by the way, Joseph, turn into a conversation where something else may be going on for that person. We don't know. We don't know a lot of the time what people are, are going through. It might be that particular moment. You're on the receiving end of other things going on. The, not about you, but you're getting the brunt of it. And again, going back to one of those points earlier around, well, the, the second part of, the, of those foundations, it's them, not us. In that listening state, thinking back to that foundation, okay, I want to understand them a bit more. I'm, I'm parking my ego, parking my opinion, and being open to the fact other stuff could be happening, being open to the fact other things could be going on as to why they might be in this particular state. And taking those moments to just calm things down a bit and actually maybe ask a question, not necessarily going into a personal matter, but asking a question as simple as how are things how are things going or, or is everything okay or you know just taking it away from the actual matter and just trying to get back to the human being that's in front of you to really break it right back down and then maybe from that point start to build up some understanding of the of the, the topic at hand or maybe something comes out in the conversation that suggests take a bit of space both take some space back, back come back around again and, and go from there but you know every and we all know that every scenario is different every person's different these things are not easy um it's easy to to get into conflict mode with the best of intentions and which suddenly we're there picking from what you said uh, ian it is it's easier said than practicing so it is not like i'm learning to code in python i write two programs and i'm able to understand what that program does this is a lot more deeper as you said be present for the others. It is them, not us. Less is more. How do I practice being a effective listener? How, what, what are the practical tools that you can suggest? How can I practice this on an ongoing basis? It is not, I read a book. I listened to this particular podcast with Ian. Oh, I've become a great listener. Yeah. So how do I practice this? So the first thing I would say is look for the moments already exist and use what's out there. So... Mm. There can be a tendency to think, okay, I've got this listening stuff in mind. How do I go on kind of create situations or, or do these things to, to try and become a better listener? Actually, if we look at a lot of the micro moments, and one example I mentioned before around the start of that one-to-one -one meeting, are you ready to go at the start of the, of the session? Or are you there flailing around, mm. flapping around and, and ready to go five or 10 minutes in? So thinking about where you're showing up in different means, different situations, different one-to-one -one conversations, and thinking, okay, what's actually going on here in terms of how fully committed I am in that moment? And it's, it's, this is useful because you're not thinking, I need to cultivate something new. I'm just looking at existing, mm. my existing world, my existing work week or whatever, or existing life outside of work and thinking in these situations, what's, what's going on? What's, maybe I can look at a slightly different, think of some of those foundations, think how can I maybe help this person in a slightly different way. The other one to think about as well is to think of lower stakes, lower stakes environments. So, you know, if you're, if you're thinking, right, I'm going into a 
big board meeting. I need to be a better listener in this meeting. <laughs> there can be a, right, I'm going from zero to 100. I'm putting all this pressure on myself. I'm now in kind of Joseph Wise mode, stepping back, you know, seeing the room and then playing it back to the room. Okay, maybe that can come, but maybe that's not the best place to start. Maybe it's, let's look at some more casual opportunities, things outside of work, things with friends, things with family where mm. you may go into default mode at the minute. You may now be more aware of it in, the, in those approaches. How can you maybe play that slightly different and start just building it up a bit, very small, but building those things up can be very helpful. Yeah, after COVID, all of us have gone into Zoom meetings all the time. And we are all now with the chat GPT, we are all interacting with the machines. And this is only going to amplify and increase in that particular sense over the virtual environment. How can I, uh, what are the impediments for listening in the virtual environment and how can I improve on the listening in the virtual environment? Yeah, I mean, I'd say a lot of the, well, those foundations apply in person, virtually on a telephone call. So that's just one mm -hmm. thing to be mindful mm -hmm. of. The, nothing is radically changing in terms of what's at the core here. You can still bring okay. a lot of the same things. But then there are some different dynamics at play. It might be that mm -hmm. if there's a deeper conversation, if there's if there's more things to explore, maybe in person is, is better because you're picking up more, you, you, you're seeing more things in terms of the, the wider person and the, and the conversation. So there's always things mm -hmm. in terms of choosing the environment where we can. But a lot of the time, we'll be talking to people that are not in the same physical places. So simple stuff around, around some of those principles and, and, and the foundations, distractions, notifications coming in, things that can pop up on the screen. It's like, oh, I need to start reading that. And then <laughs> mentally takes me away for 15 seconds. That's like the most simple things possible, but it's just getting things cleaned up as best as we can. So um, we can be we can be fully in, in, in tune with them and, and fully attentive to what's going on. Um, one thing I would say is just as a, a slight aside to this, the listening principle sometimes can be seen as I need to pick up on a lot of kind of body language, a lot of things that, that, mm. you know, that aren't being said, mm. a lot of things that that are going on in, in terms of the person, like the way they sit or the, the way they are. Um, and you pick up some of those things in person, but again, not as easy to do over Zoom or video. But I think uh, one thing to consider is this might sound counterintuitive, but not actually seeing the person at all. Maybe it's better sometimes to not be on Zoom and just do a phone call. And, and this can be context dependent, but the reason I say it is that when we're on the phone or we're not on Zoom like this, two, two big things going on. One, we're able to write notes and keep flow and keep it. Mm. It's very difficult to write notes and listen to someone on Zoom without that feeling quite disjointed. When you're on a telephone call, you can write notes without interrupting any of the flow of the conversation because you're not looking at anything but the pad and hearing the conversation coming through. So that's one thing. And then you're able to then tune into some of those words better. You're picking up more of the words, mm. less of the other mm. stuff that's around you that maybe can sometimes help, that can sometimes also be a hindrance. So the flip on this is sometimes when it's Zoom's the only option or you, you're living miles and miles away, a phone call could be a better option. 
Um, writing those things down, picking up on the words, also allows you to, to join some dots in terms of the story and what people have said and utilize mm. those previous phrases or contributions as a better source for future questions. And that is much more difficult if you're on a video call than being able to write that down. With regards to the world of AI and, and chat GPT, certainly not my area of expertise, but uh, from a listening standpoint, I mean, I'm pretty open-minded on this, that one part of me is, a, is of a belief that the human connection is so important and so needed. And so uh, healing a lot of the time, um, but that will always be there. Another part of me is like, well, hang on a minute. People are starting to get things from AI in terms of the same feeling or, or same things from it than they, than they might have got from that connection. So where that goes in the future, no idea. The, the hopeful part of me thinks that that will always be there, that that human connection that, that always has to be there. I mean, we'll always obviously be connected and be around each other. Listening will play a role, but that belief that that separation and that need is there is, is um, I'm not sure where we go as humanity if that does disappear. So things will go anywhere. The, the speed is ridiculous, but where, you know, the, the immediate future and, and what you might be doing as a listener and, and seeing that importance, that, that for me is not changing at all. Uh, and it also could be something that kind of sets you apart a bit and, you know, allows you as a person to be more tuned in than maybe people normally are, more attentive, more um, really with that person and really trying to, to, to get underneath what's going on. Um, and that, that, that can be back to the, this whole premise of this conversation that so powerful in terms of, of being able to do that. That's a very deep answer. Uh, Ian. that's a, that's a right place to finish. I suppose, uh, to every guest, I ask some of the rapid fire questions. Okay. I have two questions for you. What's the kindest thing anybody has done for you? I'm supposed to give a rapid fire answer. Aren't I? <laughs> give me, give me their time. Giving me their time and attention. Mm. It's basically answering what I've just been talking about, but but giving me their time and attention when when nothing was needed from their end, they were they were prepared to sit and listen to me, and they didn't need to get out of anything at their end. It was purely being there for me. Awesome answer. What's the definition of living a good life? Um, the what springs to mind for me is living in, living living with alignment to my values the th the things that hold closest to me um the things that are most important in terms of how i show up how i'm with other people how i can be there for other people um what i'm what i'm doing in life i've got clear values on that and are my actions aligned to that if they're, if they're moving away from it then maybe that takes me away from being that good part of, of, of living life. But if they're aligned, then I'm pretty content that I'm, I'm doing okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ian, as you said, the kindest thing anybody can do is share their time with you. And you've done that for the last one hour or so. So thank you so much for joining this particular interview. And thank you for sharing all the answers that you shared so far. Thank you. No, thanks, Joseph. It's been great. I really appreciate you asking me on. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Can I request you to share the key takeaways from our conversation? If you like the conversation, please share with others. Have a life of wins.